I'm Regina Beach, and you're listening to Saturn Returns, a show about stories with a clear before and after. Today we talk to Allison Figueroa, Florida native and bushcraft student. Allison, will you uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, yeah. Um, I'm Allison Figueroa. I'm 20 years old. I'm in my junior year at Boston University and loving every minute of it. Um, I was born and raised in South Florida, and I decided to get the hell out of there. How do you like living in Boston? Oh, it's great. It's um, definitely a change from where I'm from, where there's absolutely no seasons, and there's just an eternal ball of hell that is summertime. Um, I love the snow here, despite how many things I lose in it on a day-to-day basis. But um, it's it's a super great town, and there's lots to do. And, um, you know, I don't need a car or anything. I can just walk around. It's super great. What made you leave the city and spend your fall semester at Bushcraft School in Northern Maine? Oh boy, Um, I've always been really drawn to the outdoors, but um, just because of where I was in Florida and I've really had an opportunity to explore it the way that I wanted to for an extended amount of time. And um, hoping to work in national parks one day, I wanted to get a little bit more comfortable in the outdoors. And I definitely feel like I've achieved that. I'm on my way to Ecuador in January. Um, to study in the Galapagos and uh, the ecology of the tropical rainforest and I feel like I'm much better off for this fantastic bushcraft experience. So you're spending your entire junior year doing field work and outdoor experiences. What is that like for you? What credits are you getting? How did you swing that? Well, it's a fucking dream come true and uh, pretty hard earned. I was in meetings with faculty basically every week for my entire last semester um, trying to get mostly anthropology credits, but um, I'm getting three classes worth for Jack Mountain Bushcraft School. And um, for my Ecuador program, I'm getting all of my lab requirements done in one fell swoop. That's awesome. So you were one of three women on the bushcraft semester. What was that like? Um, What is it like to be a woman in the outdoors? It's challenging. That's, uh, to say the least, you have to accept a little bit of limitation um, because a lot of the things that we do require a lot of upper body strength that we might not have. And uh, I became very comfortable weaving baskets and I feel confident in my axe work but then I you know look next to me and there's a big burly man and he can chop a tree down in three swings and I'm like that's fine for him but um, it was definitely super empowering to see other women on the course I did not expect that or even really consider that I wouldn't just be surrounded by a bunch of burly veterans but uh, I'm happy it worked out the way it did I met some incredible people and uh, it's just been a crazy ride What has been uh, your personal hygiene journey uh, in bushcraft school? (laughs) Well, I haven't washed my hair proper in about two months. Um, Haven't done proper laundry in about two months. I'm currently um, in traffic waiting to see my boyfriend, who will definitely have something to say about that. But, um, yeah, no, you just kind of lean into it. (laughs) Tell me about your boyfriend. How was it being away from him for the semester? Um, it wasn't too bad. It was a little, um, it was better than I expected it to be because I was just able to get a good amount of cell service, honestly. And, um, I, you know, became close with the woods. (laughs) 
Yeah, so um, you find a way, but I'm very happy to say that um, my boyfriend, who's an archaeology major, has applied to a program in Ecuador and got into it at the same time as me, so we will be together in South America come next year, so we don't have to do this whole thing again. <laughs> Tell me about your upbringing in Florida and your family. Huh, well, um, my mom was a single mother for most of my childhood. Um, I have two older siblings. Um, my sister's the oldest. Um, she's 25 and my brother is 22 and he's in the Navy. Um, we were just kind of a rough and tumble little household, all four of us. I spent most of my time just in one house and then uh, after my brother and my sister moved out, me and my mom started sort of tooling around the state and just having a good time living in a bunch of different places. And uh, I'm happy to say that my mom is in her mid-40s and she's experiencing kind of a renaissance of her own. She, we joke that she's in her 20s now because she spent so much time of her early life raising three children that she now has this freedom to just go about. And every time I call her, she's in a different state. She's in California, she's in Mexico or New York. She's just having a fantastic time. So uh, I love my mom, I'm so happy for her. That's wonderful that you have such a close relationship. What do you see for yourself when you're her age? What do you think your adult life will play out to be? Oh, I can only hope it is what she is doing now to be perfectly honest she is uh she's achieved a lot she's uh, been a hairdresser for over 20 years now and she's extremely close with every one of her clients she just she lives a fantastic life if i could be like where she is now when i'm that age then i will definitely be happy how's your relationship with your siblings what are they doing in their adult lives well my sister has been um working office jobs she graduated with a marketing degree and um, she's now uh, going to move to Utah, so that's pretty exciting, um, just to be closer to some other friends and get some cool job opportunities. Um, I was not super close with my sister growing up. I was more close to my brother, who um, is in the Navy now. He's stationed somewhere in the Mediterranean, going around to Greenland and Morocco, and he's having a great time. But uh, all three of us, we were... Uh, we were a rough and tumble household, that's for sure. <laughs> I love my siblings. I'm super grateful for the relationship we have now. All three of us are super close. Tell me about your hat. Oh, Bear Hunt 2016, Bait Shop, Ashland, Maine, clearance, $16, marked down to $4. And I could not help myself. I uh, took a selfie in the store and fell immediately in love. I sent the selfie to a bunch of people asking them if I should buy the hat. I got a yes from all my friends and a resounding no from my boyfriend, but I had already bought it. I'm currently donning it and I will see what he says when I show up to his house in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Tell me more about Ashland, Maine and Masardis where we were. Oh my God, it was a fantastic small town like the people are just salt of the earth just smile at you as you walk by start a conversation with you the conversation might not make a whole lot of sense but um it's a it's a nice place to live that's for sure um we got close with one of our instructors um friends nikki who we spent a night at her house and we had dinner and she has really integrated herself into the culture of Ashland. Um, she was a former student of our instructors and it's, it's interesting to see like her friends come over and the way that she's gelled in the community in just the small amount of time that she's been there. 
We've had some great times at the Ashland Diner. Can you talk about that and your order? <laughs> yes, the Ashland Diner hangover special. Um, can't be beat. Got all the fixins. Got corned beef hash, hash browns, sausage, bacon, eggs. It's just everything you could ever want or need out of life. I uh, have a souvenir cup from there that I will cherish for the rest of my days. And um, I've never seen a carpeted diner before, but that one lives in a special place in my heart. What's their slogan? Um, order it your way, get it ours. <laughs> So speaking of food, you were quite the camp cook and you are gluten-free. Tell me about what you made and any challenges you had cooking at Bushcraft School. Yeah, um, being gluten-free is pretty difficult on a daily basis, but doing things like baking or, um, you know, just surrounded by people who want to eat elbow noodles and salt and bread and bannock and things is a little difficult, but uh, it's nice to find a balance between rice and beans and gluten-free flour. But um, I was super excited to cook um, a stew that my abuela would make in Puerto Rico uh, called Sancocho. And it's basically just um, like a starchy like beef or pork stew. Every Hispanic culture has their own version of Sancocho. But um, I was excited to cook it over the fire like the way that she did. And um, when word got back around to her that I was doing that, I heard it just made her smile so wide. And she's about 94 now, so it was... Uh, it was a delicious stew, but it was much nicer to know that I made her smile like that by keeping on our family traditions. Tell me about your experience being part Latina and any memories you have of visiting Puerto Rico. Oh man, uh, Puerto Rico, I remember it being absolutely beautiful, but I haven't been in a really long time. I remember chasing chickens around my uh, abuelo's farm. Um, I remember my brother just getting into anything thorny and just coming out with a bunch of burrs on his clothes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a beautiful country. I'd love to go back, but uh, most of my family has moved out of there by now. Do you identify with the Puerto Rican culture in Boston or in Florida? I do. I do, definitely. Um, where I grew up in Florida was a place where people would walk up to you and speak Spanish and just expect you to know it, um, which I did not. I know, um, you know, no habla espanol. I said that a lot in my childhood. But um, there's a nice little specifically Puerto Rican community in Boston that I used to walk an hour to just to get um, mofongo in uh, my freshman year. I'd walk an hour there and an hour back with cold mofongo in my hands and I'd put it in the microwave and <laughs> study. That was my freshman year. What is that food and how do you make it? It's it's sort of like a pocket. It's uh I've never personally made it, but it's just like like a like a pocket of like potato or bread and just like filled with meat and like spices. It's fantastic. You got a scholarship to Jack Mountain and did a lot of podcasting there. What was your experience like doing that? It's a lot of fun being around uh Tim and Chris, our instructors because they're just constantly shooting the shit, but they go into overdrive in podcast mode. So it's really fun to watch them just like ping pong back and forth, their little inside jokes and all that stuff. But uh, Tim is a great guy. He really um, 
is super fantastic with his web presence and just keeping up and, and keeping things interesting for people who are listening to his podcast. Um, I had told my friends and family like, oh, I'm being on like this one podcast thing and they would listen to it. And a lot of them are still continuing to listen even as I hadn't been on there. <laughs> so um, it was definitely a neat experience. And I was super grateful to get the scholarship and to just have a chance to become sort of like an advocate for the school and for bushcraft in general and you know as as a female bushcrafter I feel like I have an extra responsibility just to sort of normalize certain things about being female and being in the outdoors <laughs> I'm planning to do a presentation for the anthropology department at uh, Boston University when I get back and I'm gonna I'm just uh this has been a great experience and it, it deserves to be shared that's for sure what are some of the best things that you learned or lessons you're taking away? Oh, man. Um, there's something to be said for perseverance. I can safely say that I sucked at most things in bushcraft school. But uh, just coming to the end of a big project that was super frustrating for you is, uh, is good. And uh, there's always that resounding lesson of not comparing yourselves to other people who may complete projects as in half the amount of time that you do and they're twice as good but it's it's not about them it's your journey <laughs> tell me about your gear what's your favorite gear did you end up using less gear over time huh I was so super careful about what I brought because I absolutely did not want to overpack but I fell in love with all the clothing that I bought on clearance that was wool because I just <laughs> it was so nice to have clothes that didn't stink so abhorrently because I would wear cotton shirts that would be horrible after two days but I've been wearing these wool leggings for about a week and I'm having a great time so highly recommend the wool um I turned out to like my axe was fantastic my knife was fantastic I was super happy that I wasn't held back by any of the gear that I bought and I was careful about what I did Tell me about the places you slept in the woods. Ooh, um, there was that night we slept um, without a sleeping bag in front of the long fire that obliterated my tarp. It looks like a colander um, <laughs> with the embers. But uh, we did that. I slept in a quad pod, which is basically just a tripod of sticks with a tarp over it. Um, I probably slept in that a total of two weeks since I was there. Um, by the end, I actually felt more comfortable in an improvised shelter than I did in my actual tent, which was uh, an interesting experience, to say the least. But our last night was spent on the floor of the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School Library with the comfort of a nice wood stove, which was a fantastic way to end things off. Very civilized. In an uncivilized vein, we recently did a solo experience. How was your time alone? Did you get in your head? What did you do? I loved my solo experience. I could have stayed out there for days and days and days. I planned a really ambitious cooking menu. So most of the time I was occupied cooking like stew in a pumpkin and like all kinds of different bread things that I could cobble together. Um, I just loved being out there. I loved um, hiking around to find my spot and boiling water and just being a human being out in the wilderness was just such a fantastic experience for me. I would love to do it again and again. What was your interaction with the plants and animals in Maine? 
Hmm, I expected to see more bears, but um, as it turns out, they hunt moose and bear in the same season, and they're terrified of humans. So all in all, probably a better deal for me that I didn't see a bunch of moose and bear, but we did see a moose running down the road. We saw a nice uh, shapely moose butt. Um, not much else. Um, it was interesting to see all the animal sign that was around. Um, we were practicing some traps just for the sake of traps, not actually setting them, but, um, we were practicing like beaver and like looking for sign and putting it like right on the run where they are. And I saw so many beaver tracks and like tail scrapings. And that was such a cool experience because, um, you know, just as a scientist, like they tell you like observation skills, observation skills, but it was really cool to be able to put that into practice and to be out in the actual natural world like where the ecology happens and to just be in the thick of it there and like that is a beaver print that is some moose scatter or some bear scatter it was just really fucking cool <laughs> tell me about your adventures picking apples and wild edibles oh man i got super interested in all of the uses for the different plants i had a goal at the beginning to sort of eat and like medicinally apply my way through any plant that was presented to us and I uh I did a good amount of things um that was a lot of my solo was cooking uh edible plants that I had gathered uh in days prior like what were some examples oh like plantain um leaves and the seed pods for oatmeal I spiced some meat with yarrow leaves which was super interesting I couldn't find any lamb's quarter or goose foot which would have been nice because you can eat it and it is medicinal too at the same time but um yeah no it was it's just really nice to be able to identify things like that that are so useful tell me about a funny experience or a funny story that happened at bushcraft school <laughs> um i gotta say i just keep coming back to that night around the fire when uh our fellow student tj just started getting in the groove of things he did his own little tj's greatest hits medley of songs and before you knew it we were all just singing around the campfire just being absolutely goofy we had um one of our younger students, Sam, did a beautiful rendition of Devil Went Down to Georgia with our good pal TJ as the uh, fiddle solos, which was very, very entertaining. Just the people there were so fantastic. I can name off a dozen different cool situations and cool people I met. It was really, really awesome. Do you think you'll stay in touch? Oh, yeah, I hope so. Now that you're back in the big city, how are you going to keep in contact with nature and using these skills you just learned? That is a very good question. I've been wondering that myself. Um, There's not a whole lot of natural spots and not having um, a car is really not great because while I have been able to make some trips out to the White Mountains in New Hampshire, um, just carpooling and with clubs and whatnot, uh, it's not going to be quite the same. But um, I love... um, the esplanade here that we are currently driving past um it is just the greenway that runs through boston that i spent a lot of time on in my freshman year just taking walks um so it's nice to get some green patches here and there and that's all you can ask for in a big city like this have you had an experience in your life that you feel like you've been totally changed by huh 
I think it's very romantic to think about one big moment that like shifted things but I think it's more a bunch of little ones you know and these past two months there have been a lot of moments like that I can definitely say I feel shifted by this experience can you give an example of one little moment oh man just struggling dude (laughs) every moment that I struggled with things was a point of growth that's for sure I have definitely experienced some growing pains in a couple of different areas since we've been here that's for sure what do you think the future of of bushcraft and you like how is that gonna play out honestly this experience has really piqued my interest in anthropology um and just like knowing what I know I'm hoping maybe to pick up a minor in anthropology um the more I think about it the more it interests me and uh I just am a really like a big believer in education that enriches your life, not just for the sake of a career, but just, and that seems like the type of thing that would really, you know, be enriching to the human experience is to just know these types of things. And I hope to continue with bushcraft because I'm I'm super interested in the idea of living without infrastructure. That's for sure. Um, Just being able to make things and be not like just a cog in a consumerist wheel that's for sure tell me about the baskets that you made i fell in love with the pack baskets from the moment i laid my eyes on them i actually mentioned it in my first podcast with uh the with tim and chris uh that i was super jealous the minute i walked up of chris's super awesome pack basket and uh in the hustle and bustle that goes on in masardis I sort of lost track of that and then at the very end um, it just sort of came back to me oh pack baskets that's a thing I wanted to do and so we we jammed them out in two days and I'm so happy with mine it's definitely my favorite project I'm so excited to put straps on it and use it and just you know it's uh it's pretty it's a pretty thing I have not made a whole lot of pretty things since I've been here (laughs) With the education system as it is, what do you think um, could be enhanced like to get more people doing these hands-on things like what you've sought out for yourself this year? Well, I think um, Boston University is doing a good job by uh, sending a lot of students out on study abroad. That was one of the major proponents of me picking that university is that they are very into having kids go off campus it's actually going to be cheaper for me to do a semester in Ecuador than it is to do a normal semester in the city on on Charles River campus so um that's definitely fantastic and something I was really focusing on in terms of like having experience in the field and just going out there and like doing the research and I wanted to enhance that for my junior year I was like okay let's you know let's do Ecuador in the spring but like let's go in the fall and let's do our own our own version of a a scientific endeavor which was to live in the woods for two months (laughs) do you think you'll pick up spanish in ecuador i'm really hoping to because as a um a person of puerto rican heritage i have not yet picked up spanish although i should have so maybe this will be the tipping point (laughs) is there anything else you want to talk about um 
no, I just like to say thank you for interviewing me. This is super awesome. I love reflective experiences. I am all about this. So absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, Gina. Thank you, Allison. I'm Regina Beach, and you've been listening to Saturn Returns. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes or check us out online at facebook.com slash Saturn Returns podcast. See you next time.